This is Mike. This is Brian. And we're the Game Night Guys. Each week we give new life to some classic games and introduce you to new ones, but you'll have to wait your turn. And this week's game is Monopoly. That's a classic game. It is. I think everyone probably has played a game of Monopoly. I'm not sure if everyone's finished a game of Monopoly. Right. (laughs) And Game Night Guys... First, we have an interview this week. We do, with the director of a new documentary about Monopoly. It's going to be a good episode. Yes, it will. So Monopoly is probably one of the most popular board games around. It's in the top five for sure in the world, I would say. I would too. And it's been published in like 111 countries and 43 languages. More than 275 million games have been sold worldwide as well. Right. I see in the notes that you provided for me. But here's the thing. Everyone's played Monopoly. I don't know anyone who really likes Monopoly. (laughs) That's not true. I think people like Monopoly. They like it, but can you think of a time when you've actually finished a game of yeah. Monopoly? You oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it just seems like this Five is Five or six times. It's the never-ending game. It goes on forever. True. We When you play Monopoly, you need to sit down thinking, I'm going to play Monopoly... It's going to take a few hours and I'm going to enjoy it. If you sit down thinking you're going to play a quick game and be done in 20 minutes, you're going to be disappointed because there's no way you'll be done in 20 minutes. Right. Well, Wikipedia says the playing time is 45 minutes plus. I would say the emphasis on that is the plus. Seriously. <laughs> because I don't know if anyone's ever played a 45 minute game of Monopoly. It's true. Usually I would say at least two hours. I know it's very long. So this is going to be a long podcast is what we're saying. <laughs> we'll whittle it down. <laughs> we always do. Well, it will be a longer podcast because we have an interview with the producer and director of a new documentary called Under the Boardwalk, The Monopoly Story, which is about to have its world premiere at the Anaheim Film Festival in October. And his name is Kevin Tostado. This documentary is narrated by Zachary Levi, who stars in NBC's funny series Chuck. Have you you watched Chuck? I have watched Chuck before. I'm a fan. Well, I was a fan, and then they lost my interest, and now I don't watch TV. Now I don't watch TV, as Brian (laughs) says. But the film kind of talks about this worldwide cultural phenomenon of monopoly it talks about the history the psychology of the game and it looks pretty interesting it does in fact let's right now listen to a clip from under the boardwalk the monopoly story and then after that we will have kevin tostado of the director and producer of this movie on being a lawyer i think your lawyer should be good at monopoly if your lawyer is not good at monopoly it's time to get a new lawyer there's a problem Okay, so this is my uh, Monopoly tattoo. It's Mr. Monopoly. This is the advance to boardwalk card. Mr. Monopoly is pushing the baby carriage around the boardwalk. Boardwalk goes all the way around the arm. We had more than 1,000 participants yesterday uh, from all walks of life. They come to play. I think the dice are are the best part of, of the game because they decide your future and your destiny in the game. I will win in Vegas! Woo! It is without doubt the world's greatest game. Just stop for a minute and think about when you played your first game of Monopoly. Because it's a memory you never forget. Kevin, welcome to Game Night Guys. Thank you guys for having me on. 
So you have a documentary coming out called Under the Boardwalk, and it's all about the phenomenon of monopoly. What made you wanted to record a documentary about monopoly? Well, monopoly has always been a favorite board game of mine. Uh, growing up as a kid, played it all the time, and. Uh, through reading a book called The Monopoly Companion by Phil Orbanes, I found out that they actually have U.S. and World Monopoly championships. And they hold these championships every four years. And so kind of as a kid, I would get excited about it and want to try and practice and get ready to compete in those championships. And of course, life throws you curveballs. And so when I would always think about it at the wrong times in the four-year cycles. Well, uh, skip ahead to three years ago, and I was trying to figure out what to work on for my next feature project, and uh, I decided that since the next set of World Monopoly Championships would be coming up, uh, that's what I was going to make a documentary about. And are they held in the same place, or are they held different places? The World Championships are held in different cities every time. Uh, the most recent one, which was last October, was in uh, Las Vegas, and before that it was in Tokyo. It's been in all kinds of places like London and Monaco, um, and of course they've held one in Atlantic City, which is kind of uh, where the streets of the Monopoly board are based on. Interesting. I This might sound like a dumb question, but when you're playing Monopoly in, let's say, Tokyo, are you uh -huh. using dollars, or is there a different version of the game that it, people play? It, they usually convert the, the currencies to whatever the local currencies are. So, for instance, if you're playing in the U.K., then instead of getting $200 for pass and go, you get 200 pounds. And in some of the more recent versions, they've just started creating a their own currency, the Monopoly money. And so it's just an M with two horizontal lines through it. And do the, uh, do the does the money look differently, like other than having the number be different or the denomination it, different? It's, the colors have changed just slightly over the years, but for the most part, it still is the game you, you know and remember. And, and certainly they have different editions as well, like they have an electronic edition now where instead of using the paper cash, you actually use uh, essentially debit cards. What can you tell us, Kevin, about the history of Monopoly? Well, most people think of uh, Charles, a guy named Charles Darrow as the inventor of Monopoly and that he invented it during uh, the Depression. And that's what kind of most people know is kind of this rags-to-riches story of a guy who was unemployed, came up with this game and marketed it, and it was a great success. And for the most part, that, that's pretty accurate. However, what most people aren't even aware of, though, is that Charles Darrow didn't come up with it completely from scratch. He actually heard about the game from some friends who had heard about the game from some friends, and it goes all the way back to the early 1900s to a woman who lived in Arden, Delaware, named Lizzie McGee. And she lived in a community that was uh, a Georgist community, and they believed in a, a thing called the single tax theorem, where that regardless of the size of your property, you would pay a single tax to the government. And so she created a game to try and help teach the theories of uh, this economist, Henry George, to uh, other people and help spread kind of uh, his philosophy. And so she created a game called the Landlord's Game, which if you were to look at the, the patent for it, or if you were to be able to find a set, it looks very similar to the game of Monopoly. It has um, kind of a, a central park. It has kind of a Mother Earth square, which is kind of like the, the go, your start. Um, it has kind of a jail and a, uh, a prison and a go-to-jail. And so if you, like, you look at those four corners, it, you kind of like would think that this is kind of a Monopoly game, but it's definitely got its differences. And so as she was kind of spreading the game around, um, trying to, she approached Parker Brothers and tried to get them to pick up the game for, uh, for them to sell it, and they actually rejected it, but encouraged her to patent the game. 
And so she continued to work on it and made a revised version about uh, 10 years later and took it back to them, and they rejected that one as well. She patented that game also and eventually sold um, a version of that to, in the U.K., uh, which went under the name Bear Fox and Bear Rabbit. And basically this game uh, was being spread word of mouth and was uh, actually made its way to some colleges where people were using it as, a, as an educational tool to talk about kind of different economic theories. And basically, it kind of spread word of mouth via colleges for about a 20-year period where people would uh, learn about it in class and hand make their own copies, and they'd take it home. They'd teach their friends about it who would make their copies. And along the way, as people were making copies, they would uh, change the street names to reflect places that they knew in either their hometowns or uh, places that they liked to visit. And eventually, it made its way um, to Atlantic City to a group there where they also loved uh, kind of the exotic names of Atlantic City and kind of how the city, all the streets in one direction are named after states, and then in another direction they're named after bodies of water. So this game eventually then made it its way back to uh, a couple that lived in Philadelphia who introduced it to their friend, Charles Darrell. And so Charles Darrell kind of realized kind of the potential of this game, made some graphical improvements, uh, typed up a set of the rules and probably made some rule clarifications. He took it to Parker Brothers and Milton Bradley, and both of them rejected it. So he started marketing it himself, sold about 500 copies at uh, a store called Wanamaker's in uh, Philadelphia, and sold out. And kind of that caught Parker Brothers' attention, and uh, about a year later, they acquired the game from him, and the rest is history. That's interesting. And so the names of the places on the board... They they mean different things, and they came from different cities and different. Mm-hmm. Does that change a lot internationally too, or are they, is Marvin's Garden still Marvin Gardens? And well, if you ask if you if you ask most people who live in the in England or in the UK, they will tell you that the game was invented by somebody in the UK because they've always known the streets to be based on London, oh. and when it was licensed to different countries, they would typically um, localize it, not necessarily translate it, but make it so that the streets, so instead of a boardwalk in, in the U.K., it's Mayfair. And so different people can then have their own ownership over the game because they feel like it's their game, and that's kind of goes all the way back to the people who, as it was kind of spreading word of mouth as the variations of the landlord's game, they were also kind of customizing the game and making it their own. Speaking of, of making it your own, what kind of like house rules have you seen or um, what kind of bizarre rules do different sets of people come up with that you've seen? Anything? Well, Mike and Brian, let me, ask, let me ask you guys. Do you guys play with free parking when you play a game of Monopoly? We haven't played it yet. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm defi- we've played Monopoly. Right. Brian and I haven't played together, though. Yeah. Well, growing up as kids, did you play where if you land on free parking, you get 500 bucks from the middle, or any time you, you pay money, then it goes in the middle, and mm-hmm. kind of the kitty, and then any time you land on free parking, you yeah, get that yeah. money? I think that's something we did. We, we kept, I think, free parking actually under the board. Oh, we uh-huh. used to put it in the center. When you would pay any of the taxes, we threw it in the center. Oh, okay. And then when you land on free yeah, parking. Yeah, we kept it under the cor- that corner of the board. Well, that's a perfect example of one of the house rules that's not officially a part of the game, but because most people learn how to play from their friends or from their parents, it's just a, wor- uh, a rule that kind of gets passed around. And it's one of the, the reasons why many people think that the game always goes for days is if the object of the game is to bankrupt your opponents, yet you're constantly reintroducing money into the game that should be out, then it's kind of no surprise that it's going to take a little longer. So for the World Tournament, do they play with the classic Monopoly board, or do they play with this new version of Monopoly that's out with, I think it's called the Speed Dice? 
at this most recent World Championship, they played with um, the, the Green Box Edition, which is what it's typically referred to because it's now in a somewhat green box, also called the Number 9 Edition. And uh, yes, in the last few years, they've now introduced a speed die, which what that does is it, it speeds up the beginning and end parts of the game. So when in your early turns, um, once you've circled the board once, you then get to roll this extra third die, which either will add one, two, or three to your roll, so you could potentially roll up to a 15, or on two of the sides of the speed die, it has a picture of Mr. Monopoly. And what that would do is after you've done your regular move, it then moves you forward to the next uh, unowned property, which you could then also buy, so you'd have the potential of getting two properties on one turn. And so in the early part of the game, before all properties are bought, it really helps speed up how quickly things get bought. Once everything's bought, um, then you still have your normal trading sequence where everyone wants to try and get to a monopoly where they are owning a full color group where they can build up houses and hotels, and that's really kind of what helps advance the game to a point where somebody can win. And so once all properties are owned, the speed die, what it does is then when you roll Mr. Monopoly, it moves you forward to the next place where you'll owe rent. Then there's all kinds of new strategies in, okay, well, if I have a property that's not going to make me a lot of money, I'm going to want to mortgage that. So they'll skip over that and go to one of my bigger properties where they'll owe me a lot of money. How many different countries have you gone to to, to film people playing Monopoly? Um, our, our crew filmed in nine countries over the last two years, and uh, in the U.S. we filmed in 19 states in Washington, D.C., uh, kind of tracking some of the, the best players from around the world as they prepared to compete at the U.S. and World Monopoly Championships. And what kind of preparation goes into preparing for a world championship? Yeah, is it like um, sort of like a competition where, like, say, here in Phoenix we play and then we win that and we win Arizona? Is it sort of like that sort of thing where... We you have to win tournaments you, within your local region in order to qualify? They used to hold the, the U.S. championship that way, and in recent years they kind of changed it where it was now kind of an online qualification. They actually did a uh, round of gameplay on Pogo.com with the uh, Monopoly Hero Now edition that's on that site to um, be able to determine who would actually be the 28 um, competitors to play in Washington, D.C. at the U.S. championship. But in regards to preparation, people are doing anything from playing with their friends and family um, meeting up with other people who have competed at past championships, um, reading strategy books, um, trying out different personas. There are even people who play against themselves, just taking on multiple personalities, just trying to figure out, okay, if I was going to play like this, how would I react? And what would that do to this person's strategy? And What do you think about all the branded games that are, have recently come out? Like there's like Beatles Monopoly and Simpsons Simpson Monopoly and things like that. How, do, how does that factor into anything? For me, I mean, I, I've, as a fan of Monopoly, it's always cool to kind of see how the game is adapted to all of these different things. So like I'm a, a Star Wars fan, and so as a, a kid, I looked forward to being able to pick up the Star Wars Monopoly set, uh, which was really cool. And instead of your regular tokens like the race car and the dog, you have Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. And so like your, your boardwalk space is now the Death Star. And so for people who are maybe not necessarily a fan of the traditional game, being able to play a theme version, which uh, if it's a theme that you like, it, it might bring you more enjoyment. And and there are certainly collectors out there who have go to uh, kind of all ends to, to try and grab every edition that they can find. I, I've filmed with collectors who have 600 sets, thousands of sets, and uh, there's a little bit of that in the film. Kevin, how's your Monopoly game? Are you any good? 
Um, I'm getting there. I've played in my first couple tournaments now after having uh, finished filming. Uh, one of the benefits of getting to film with some of the top players in the world is getting to hear strategy from some of the top players in the world. And uh, so I, I, I'm better than your average player, but I'm not yet uh, on top of the game. If you could give Mike and I one piece of strategy for our game, what would it be? One of the uh, most landed on property groups in the game with the, the traditional uh, rules is the orange color group. And most people want to go for the dark blues because if you land on uh, boardwalk at the hotel, you're, you're getting the most money, a single rent in the game. But the oranges are statistically more landed on because jail is actually the most landed on space on the entire board. There are so many different ways you can go there. There are two cards that will send you to jail. There's the go-to-jail space. You can land on it normally. You can roll doubles three times in a row. Um all those different ways make jail the most landed on space. And so if you think about kind of if you're rolling two dice, what's the most landed, uh, what's the most rolled number? It'd be a seven, right? So if, if you think about what seven spaces away from jail, well, that's a community chest. But on either side of it are two of the orange squares, because six and eight are then the next most common numbers after seven. And then nine spaces away is the third orange. And so because of its proximity to the jail space, the oranges are statistically the most heavily landed on that's a good tip. Um, some people kind of are critical of Monopoly because they say the game's really long. And, you, I mean, you mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago. Um, Wikipedia says the average game is like 45 minutes, but I don't remember the last Monopoly game game I played that was 45 minutes. What do you think is like an average game length? If you play by all of the rules, and I do mean all of them, there there's... For instance, a selvi in one of the rules that most people have never even read for themselves, but if you land on a property and say you don't want to buy it because either you don't have enough money or it, you don't need it, what most people don't realize is that it immediately then goes up for auction and any player can buy it at any price. Uh. And this is a, a rule that's been there from the get-go, but nobody knows about it. If you play where basically every time a property is landed on, somebody will own it by the end of that turn, it really helps to speed up games. And your documentary is currently doing uh, the film festival circuit right now, correct? Yeah, we're just starting out on the film festivals. We're going to be playing at the Austin Film Festival in Texas in late October. And we're figuring out our plans for uh, theatrical distribution and DVD. Do you have a website if people want to learn more about about the documentary? Yeah, it's uh, monopolydocumentary.com. We've got a trailer on there, and you can sign up for our mailing list. And anyone who's a subscriber to our mailing list will be eligible for free Monopoly prizes that we give out every month. And then we're also on Twitter. We're just at Monopoly Doc. And, of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash under the boardwalk. Cool. And all of those links will be in our show notes for this episode as well. Cool. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for talking with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. So how to play Monopoly. I would guess that just about everybody listening has played Monopoly before. I would hope so. We're going to go over the really basic rules of Monopoly to not bore everybody and make this a four-hour podcast. But the basic goal of Monopoly is to have the most money and assets at the end of the game. Right. The game consists of a board, two dice, although I think that's a lie because there's only one. There should be two. Because remember, you could get snake eyes. Well, then you're... Game. Missing one. We have another paradise somewhere. Totally. Uh, play money. 32 houses, 12 hotels, 11 tokens, chance and community chess cards, and title deed cards for each property that's on the board. 
The instructions say that we should select a banker, and this person will take care of all the money, the buildings, and the title deed cards. I nominate Mike Lawson. Okay. <laughs> I want you to be the banker. So we distribute money. Tell me how much money each person gets. Each person gets a total of $1,500, and that consists of two $500 bills, two $100 bills, two $50 bills, six $20 bills, five $10 bills, five $5 bills, and five $1 bills. Which should total up to $1,500. To decide who goes first, we'll roll the dice, and the highest roll wins. Should we roll one dice or two? One. Okay. Ah, I got a one. (laughs) What if I get a one? Oh, I got a five. I get to go first. All right, so basically this is how you move around the Monopoly board. You buy property when you land on it. You pay rent if you land on property owned by another player. If you land on chance or community chest, you follow those instructions. If you roll doubles, you get to roll again. However, if you roll doubles three times in a row, you go to jail. Collect $200, which is known as your salary, every time you pass go. To get out of jail, you can use one of these three methods. You either use a get-out-of-jail-free card. You pay a $50 fine before you roll the dice on either of your next two turns. Or roll doubles on the dice during any of these three turns following your incarceration. You don't get to take another turn. However, if you don't roll doubles by the third turn, you still have to pay the $50 fine. And to win the game, all you have to do is get all the property on the board, ruining the other players and acquiring more money and assets than anyone else. Exactly. Now, we're going to do the suggestion that Kevin had, and we are not going to put our taxes and fines under free parking, because then that would extend this game until the wee hours of the night. And frankly, I got stuff to do. Sure. (laughs) And then we're also going to put everything up for bid or up for auction. So if I land on Oriental Avenue and I don't want it, just like Kevin suggested, it's then up for auction and Brian has the chance to buy it. I don't think I've ever played it that way, so that'll be fun. Me neither. But like he said, the game should not last that long if you're playing by right. all the rules. So we'll just give all our money back to the bank if it's fined or taxed. And then every every time we land on something, we have the option to bid on it. Perfect. Sound good? Yep. All right, let's kick this pig. All right, Brian, we have a few options for game pieces. You can be the car, Scotty, the Scottish Terrier. Is that what he is? I think so. You could be this thing. What is this? A spinning wheel for stuff? I don't know. I didn't write any of this down. Does it say on the card, on the box? No. It doesn't. You could be a shoe. I know what a shoe is. You could be a wheelbarrow, a thimble, a Titanic, an iron a horse guy, a hat, and a pot of gold. Is the pot of gold recent? Because I don't remember there being a pot of gold when I played this game before. Maybe. As a wee little lad. This board was... It looks like it was their copyright was renewed in 96. Hmm. So if it's recent, it's like maybe... Yeah, I honestly don't remember a pot of gold. Which do you want to be? I want to be the thimble. Good. I want to be the horse because it's easier to hold and maneuver. Although I do like the dog. Brian has been nice enough to get out Tupperware for the houses and hotels. I do. They look like snacks, though. They do. It looks like little gummy houses. I want to eat them. I know. Are these gummy houses, too? That's a house. Oh, this is it's a hotel. A hotel. hotel. I want them. Do you think they would be cinnamon flavored? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Red hotels would be cinnamon, and those would be maybe green apple. Yeah, or or spearmint. Oh, lost me there. (laughs) All right, Brian goes first because he's the oldest. Because I rolled the highest. (laughs) 
11. 11. 5 plus 6 is 11, Brian. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. St. Charles. I will take it. Or do we bid on it? No, you get You landed on it. You get it. Well, then where does the auction part go in? If you like, didn't want it, then I, I would get to, the chance to buy it. And since there's only two of us, I just buy it. Okay. Here is $140. That is a bargain price. That is. All right. Mike's turn. Six, seven, eight. Vermont. I'm going to buy it because for no reason. <laughs> I have absolutely no strategy in this except for I wonder what buy. kind of strategy is involved in playing. These are cheap ones over here. It's your turn. By the way, I did not drink yesterday. Whoa. Breaking news. <laughs> I went to bed early and I was thinking about Monopoly. Like, I was thinking about today. Like, what am I doing today? And one was record this podcast. Mm-hmm. Things we were going to say, whatever. Yeah. And I, it like dawned on me, I didn't drink today. <laughs> I like that it had to dawn on you. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't drink yesterday either. <laughs> That's not breaking news. <laughs> That's like business as usual. Four. One, two, three, four. Railroad. I That's will a good buy one. the Pennsylvania Railroad. Butterfly in the sky. I think of that every time I see reading rail bo- railroad. Reading railroad. railroad. I could fly twice as high. I don't know what you're singing. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> oh, the one with LeVar Burton? Yeah. That was canceled. Yeah, but there was talks of making an adult Reading Rainbow. I just read that maybe <laughs> six months ago. Like porn? No. <laughs> like a novels. Like Oprah's Reading Rainbow? Basically. If the bank ever were to run out of money, the bank isn't bankrupt. Some people think that. But what happens actually Do is, they get a bailout? Yeah, basically, you write. On, you could keep track on paper bank transactions, or you can make your own monopoly money and add it to the bank. Oh. If you get to that point, but I don't know for sure that we would. Two twenty. I need. Here's five twenty bank. Can you just break that for me? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> you have all these personalities. I know. You have the banker, Mike. You have yourself, Mike. And have we talked about Future Mike yet? Should we we tell them about Future Mike? We should. So when we're recording, we often leave little instructions and messages for Future Mike because Mike is the one who he edits the podcast. um, Usually a couple days after we record the game. Right. And so every now and then we will just we'll just leave a a little note like Future Mike, are you having a good day today? (laughs) Or I give myself compliments. Your hair looks really good today, Future Mike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it makes me happy when I'm sitting there editing. Do you forget that we talked to Future Mike and then you hear it and you're like, oh, look. It just makes me smile. <laughs> uh, Marvin's Gardens, which I believe is a misprint, wasn't it? Yeah, we when Charles, what's his name? Charles Darwo? Dar- Charles Darwin? No. Darrow. Charles Darrow, when he, the game was basically handed down verbally from people to people like Kevin talked about. And when Charles Darwow put it to paper Chuck. and tried to get it published, he spelled Marvin Gardens wrong. What should it be? That part I don't remember. Google it. If you care, Google it. Are you buying it, Brian? I am for $280. That's an expensive one. All right. It's your turn because you rolled doubles. Oh, I did. 
Oh. Luxury tax, pay $75. Oh. Now, when I was growing up, when you would pay any of the taxes, you put it in the middle of the board, and then when you land on free parking, whoever landed on free parking got all that money. Correct. According to Kevin, that's not necessarily how it's played. That's one of the house rules that people play. So we are going to put all of this money back into the bank, and hopefully that'll shorten the game. Hopefully. And make life more <laughs> enjoyable. We Now, we, we used to keep it under free parking. Oh. So... What does the board say? Is eight and above? Is that right? Let me see. Two players, age eight to adult. I'm just wondering, like, I don't have a very good concept of kids. Eight. Does that seem kind of young for this game? Or do you think, like, it's just basic enough? I think it's basic enough. I've definitely played this game with eight-year-olds. Um, what do eighty-year-olds do? They're out of well, like the crib by then, aren't they? Yes. I don't really hang around children very much, so I don't yes. know. Yes. And we... They're probably, like, coding PHP by then. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a Disney version of this board game that I've played with kids hundreds of times at work. That's right, because there are are all of those different versions, like Simpsons, Monopoly, Mm -hmm. Beatles, Monopoly. The Disney version is... Chicago Cubs, Monopoly, things like that. Disney version is dumbed down a little bit is it like there's no complicated taxes the community chest cards don't say like calculate 10 percent of your what are the properties are Um, they like tinkerbell avenue or something like places in movies so like one monopoly would be like all 101 dalmatians locations oh so like this would be like beauty and the beast yeah would be hunchback of notre dame the tower and two other places from that movie that I haven't seen since I was like seven. Okay. Have you ever played like a electro... Ooh, doubles, 12. Have you ever played an electronic version of Monopoly? I I played a computer version before, like on a PC. Me too. And then I have, I have the Monopoly iPhone app. However, every time I try to play it, it requires so much that I think it's optimized for probably a better iPhone than the one I have. <laughs> Because my iPhone's kind of old, and it just doesn't do much. When I was younger, I used to play Monopoly on the Nintendo, the original Nintendo. We had, oh, yeah? Yeah, I never had the game. We used to rent games, like from a video rental store, and that was one I would get from time to time. Oh, you roll oh. doubles the second time in a row. So if I do it again, I go to jail. Yes, you do. Advance to Illinois Avenue. Yes, Eight. North Carolina Avenue. How much is it? It is $300. I'm about to go bankrupt. <laughs> Nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Kentucky. I'm going to buy that. Jerk face. <laughs> I own the other two reds, and he's buying Kentucky for how much? For $220. And you got doubles again. Just visiting jail. Who are you visiting in jail? I don't. What's his name? You know. His name is... I got doubles again. Jake the Jailbird. And he was arrested by Officer Edgar Mallory. Which is the go-to-jail guy. Yes. I would imagine. The the arresting officer in that case. Chance card for Mike. I have to pay a poor tax. Damn poor. I wonder if they have like a recession version of Monopoly. (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, wait, wait, you foreclosed. Like, I wouldn't play it. Uh, you get to move down by the river. 
St. Charles. Which I own. You owe me $10. Cheap. It's not on a very nice part of town. It's next to the jail. What was it? What was that movie, Pecker, with um, John Waters? And there was a there was a strip club next to the jail called the Fudge Palace where they did tea bagging. You don't remember that? I've only seen one John Waters movie. What, no, which two. One? I've seen two. And what were they? Well, Hairspray, of course, and another one with Divine. There are a lot of them were with Divine. In I fact, know. Hairspray was with Divine. Right. <laughs> I saw oh, wait, you one. saw the new one with Zac Efron. Oh, no, I saw the original Hairspray, oh, okay. but I've seen the Zac Efron one. My too. friend Karina recently met Mink Stoll. She's in a lot of... You're looking at me like, oh, okay. <laughs> mine. Perhaps. Generation Gap once again. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. B&O Railroad, I already own that. The official rules, by the way, say that you're not allowed to borrow money from another player, only from the bank. No. But you can trade properties so just to recap our properties currently i have two in the blue which are oriental and connecticut avenue i have st charles place i have two railroads i have two in the yellow marvin's gardens and atlantic avenue i own the electric company kentucky avenue and st james place i own all of the greens you do so that means how did that happen i just landed on it Oh. <laughs> so that means that I now, my rent is doubled <sighs> on those, and I can buy houses. I own one of the light blue, one orange, Tennessee, two reds, one purple, and then the boardwalk dark blue. Eight. Oh, I owe you money now. Six bucks, Vermont. That is some cheap rent. Mm-hmm. Wish my rent was that cheap. Speaking of cheap rent, I'm moving Wednesday. Are you? Yeah, so I've been like packing up boxes and getting prepared. Still have a lot of singles. You're a stripper by night. <laughs> a <laughs> property. And since I own like the poor side of the board, I'm going to guess it's like Band Aids yeah. here in Phoenix. We have this um, very old, nasty strip joint called Band Aids here in Phoenix. If you want to know anything about it, we will link to the Yelp review of Band-Aids. I recommend it highly. It is snort out loud, laughing, good time. And if you're ever in town and you want, if you're in need of a VD, <laughs> yeah. stop by Band-Aids. Or if you would like to see a pregnant stripper, go down to Band-Aids. Or a, re- a new mother stripper, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, God. I landed on his short line and railroad, and I paid him 100 bucks. Yes, you did. Ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Finally. And now I'm going to buy Reading Railroad for two hundred dollars. Butterfly in the sky. So now if you land on a railroad, you will have to pay me two hundred dollars. I will never land on a railroad. Mark my words. Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. How much do I owe? Two hundred dollars. Dang it! But you pass go. Well, I got my two hundred. Oh, you already? Yeah, you missed it. No. I mean, no, I didn't. <laughs> go ahead. One, two, three, four. I'm visiting you. Visiting jail. You're visiting your mail. Your mama. She's in jail. You don't even know my mom. <laughs> Have you ever made a yo mama joke about somebody whose mother who has passed away? And then felt guilty about it? No. Yeah, me neither. That's horrible. (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) 
When did you make you know, I've done it a lot of times, actually. <laughs> well, that's probably more likely to happen the older you get. Well, I tell a lot of yo mama jokes. Well, not it's I, not really. Even, I've never heard you tell a mo- yo mama. It's joke. It's not even like I tell a joke like yo mama so fat. It's just that I'll say like someone will say something and I'll say your mom is. That's like a response I will use sometimes. Sometimes when people say, "Hey Brian, what are you going to do tonight?" I say, "Your mom." <laughs> I don't, it's the I, same thing. Obviously, I wouldn't do anyone's mom, but right, obviously, obviously. <laughs> $24. Starring Keith for Savon. Are you going to pay me back in one? <laughs> I want <Sure>. to. <laughs> I don't have enough, though. How much is it? 24 24 Doop. Doop. <laughs> Doop. Community chest. I won second prize in a beauty contest. <laughs> 10 bucks. A cheap contest. You smiled when you said beauty contest, but I'd just like to point out you won second. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Double Twelve. Sixes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Connecticut. I already own that. How much are houses on this block? Let's see. Fifty dollars each. I believe I will pay. For three. If I get enough houses, then eventually I'm going to open a shopping center over here. Good idea. Yeah. I'll have a restaurant. Maybe a a Chili's. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to make a California reference. I was going to say Spoons. Do you know Spoons? I don't know Spoons. What is that? I made that joke like ten times in Arizona and people never understand what what I'm saying. It's Chili's. But it's... It's like a Chili's or an Applebee's. Or- I've never heard that. When I was in Denver, there was a really great little chain that I went to called um, Garbanzo. And it was like Mediterranean food. But it was like you go to the calendar and you say you want a salad, a pita, or whatever. And then you go down the little line. Kind of like a subway, only for Mediterranean food. Speaking of Mediterranean, I just landed on Mediterranean Avenue. How much do I owe you? Two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You better not buy houses there. <laughs> I'm going to buy one house on each of my greens. Okay, go for it. So have you played the Monopoly that has the debit card? I have not. I I think that would be much easier. I don't like cash. You roll, and then you pay me four times that amount. Do I roll again, or I pay what's on the dice? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, it's shown on the dice. So that was $40? $41. $40. Oh, wait. No, $42. $44. No, because it's... What's 11 times 4, Brian? Oh, 44. <laughs> Again, math. Not my strongest suit. Community chest. Grand opera opening. Collect $50 from each player for opening night seats. Shut up. Have you been to the opera? No. I neither have I. I'm going to a show at Gamage tomorrow, though. And what are you seeing at I Gamage? won tickets. <laughs> swear to God. Wow. From, you have been winning a lot of things lately. From Yelp. I won tickets to see Young Frankenstein. You won them from Yelp? Yep. You get free parking. You just had to, like, Yelp just tweeted first person to email this address wins tickets. Or the first four wins a pair of tickets, something like that. Interesting. Yeah. So how long would you say we've been playing this game already? 
feels like three hours. <laughs> but it's not. It's probably even more like an hour. No. <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> so we've been playing an hour and a half. Which normally, I don't think we play games this long. No. I'd and, say, and I kind of think that we're nowhere near finishing this game. For what I Because technically say, you could start, you know, like if any of us, either one of us started running out of money, we could start mortgaging properties. It's a very long game. It is long. That's why I say I don't have any recollection of actually finishing a game. Oh, we're unless, finishing this game. Unless you like start bending the rules or something. Or you start losing on purpose. Yes. And I believe I have thrown many a game. Me too. I have a six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Pacific six. Avenue. How much are you? With one house, $130. Mama's going to the casino. I've actually done really good of not landing on your house. You've been really, you, you've been very successful avoiding those. What does that mean? I'm knocking on wood. Oh. <laughs> How much Marvin Gardens? I've landed there enough, I should know. 24. Doop. Doop. I love fictional terrorism. Visiting the railroads. Visiting Tennessee Avenue. (laughs) Do I sound like you? (laughs) Do I sound like that? I don't know. You're getting testy now. (laughs) Oh my god. It's been a long weekend. Welcome to hour seven of our Monopoly game on Game Night, guys. Seriously. (laughs) Community chest. Receive for... Services $25. I don't know what kind of services. It's kind of cheap for the services I provide, but... It looks like you are marrying somebody. And charging them 25 bucks. That's a pretty cheap wedding, but I noticed there... I don't know, that could be a man in a dress. No, it's a woman. You sure? She has flowers. <laughs> you never seen a dude with flowers? Oh, no. I like how you just put the $200 right into my thing. Oh. How much do I pay? Where are you, you, Mike? Oriental Avenue. And how many houses are there? Two. You owe me ninety dollars. That's it. We should change the name of Oriental Avenue to Asian American Avenue. Well, the avenue can be Oriental. It's people that aren't Oriental. Just saying the word places things it. can be Oriental. Just saying the word hurts. Does it hurt your Asian American heritage? You don't be have to be a part of the offended party to know that it's offensive. Wait, I didn't call a person. I didn't create the game. Leave me alone. Twenty-four dollars, please. Doop. That was twelve. Doop. No, oh, Marvin's Gardens. Twenty-four. Remember, we've been making that twenty-four joke the whole time. Doop. Doop. I made Doop. my own change in your money. <laughs> Keep your hands <laughs> off my money. Well, you were making jokes. That's the whole point. <laughs> we have to do something. We've only been playing this game for eight hours now. It feels like it. How long has it really been? Look. An hour and 44 minutes. Generally, we spend about an hour with everything. It's about an hour worth of tape that we whittle down to about 25 minutes. And I'll mention that we actually took a bathroom break during it, or I did. True. (laughs) Oriental Avenue. $270. 40, 50, 60, 70. I have... $12, $12, and I have one property mortgaged. I can mortgage everything except for my greens, really. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Railroads. <laughs> Where are you? Vermont. 
$270, please. You're mortgaging three properties. I have to. That's my mortgage money. <laughs> you sound so deflated because you're having a mortgage. Oh, you're foreclosing. Recession got you. <sighs> Is that it? Is that it? Yeah. Are you down? Let me just put this over here on my big pile of cash. Careful. States Avenue. There's three. Uh, you owe me then 450 Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> How is your property portfolio looking now, Mike? Every single thing is mortgaged, and I have $32. <laughs> and I would count all my cash, but we've already been playing for a really long time, and I think counting all of this cash would take a while. Go, go, <laughs> go. I like this game. <laughs> One, two, three. I own it, but it's mortgaged. Oh, oh I can't pay for it. You can't? Uh-uh. So you're bankrupt then. So I win. That's too bad. And it only took 12, 12 hours to play this game. Seriously, I have a... <laughs> we have to go to work now. <laughs> I have a beard. I didn't have a beard when I got here. So Mike, what are your thoughts on Monopoly? Other than losing. Um, it was just really long. At the end, I got kind of antsy, and I just wanted to lose or win and get it over with. <laughs> I know. I, and I've, I think I've had that feeling every time I played Monopoly, and that's why usually by after two hours of playing, I've been like, do you just want to change the rules and say that, you know, you have to pay everything or something? Just some sort of get new role. Yeah, just to rip the Band-Aid off or just decide to quit. Sure. I be curious to try the debit card version because I hate banking too. That's true, and I, I, I want to give you props for for being the banker because obviously I can't count, and that would have been a very cumbersome. That's it for this episode of Game Night, guys. We want to give a special thanks to Kevin Tostado, who produced and directed the documentary Under the Boardwalk, The Monopoly Story. And it's currently being shown at film festivals, and it's going to be available on DVD in a couple of months. If you want more information about the movie, you should check out their website, which is monopolydocumentary.com. You could also find a link on our website in the show notes for this episode. On our website is gamenightguys.com. You can email us at hello at gamenightguys.com. And we would love to get a voicemail if you have some suggestions. Or We also have a voicemail if you want to leave us a message and give us some suggestions for future episodes. Or if you just want to say, hey, our number is 480-648-GAME, 480-648-4263. You can follow us on Twitter at Game Night Guys, or my personal one is Cheap Blue Guitar. And I'm Mr. Mike Lawson. We also have a Facebook page. If you want to be a fan of Game Night Guys on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash Game Night Guys. Thanks for listening, and a special thanks again to Kevin Tostado. And as always, you're invited to our next game night. It's your move. Bye. Goodbye. Before we start, I want to make sure I'm saying your last name correct. Is it Tostado? Yeah, Tostado's fine. That's like perhaps the most delicious last name I've ever heard. It makes me kind of hungry. (laughs)